Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to Get Your Goat. The first Sunday of the NFL has come and gone. I'm going to probably overreact to everything that I witnessed yesterday because there was quite a few things that surprised me, left me shocked. So I'm going to get into all that, but there was some good football on yesterday. I'm going to talk about the college football as well, exciting upsets that happened this weekend, and then finish with some MLB while also discussing the Monday night football game tonight between the Baltimore Ravens and the Oakland Raiders. But to get started, Marshawn Lattimore signed a new contract with the New Orleans Saints, uh, extended him, five-year deal, most money there at signing. And I think this is a great signing for them uh, because Marshawn Lattimore has proven to be a great cornerback for this team uh, as well and has just been a very solid player for them and just a really solid, solid player as well in the league. So I think he is deserving of this contract uh, that he got. Now, time to move on already to the Monday Night Football game taking place tonight. And tonight is the first game that fans will be in the stands at the Death Star Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas between the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. What a game this will be. And I think it is going to be a better game than many anticipated uh, due to the injuries that have affected the Ravens, especially in the past couple of weeks. Uh, mainly due to their running backs, Gus Edwards, uh, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Justice Hill, uh, and then their cornerback, uh, Marcus Peters, as well. I was very confident in the Ravens winning this game because, to me, Las Vegas uh, does not have a competent defense that would stop Lamar Jackson and this running game. I do think this game will be much closer now because I think with Marcus Peters uh, going out, uh, the Ravens don't have somebody who can cover Darren Waller. Then again, very few people have uh, the personnel to cover uh, Darren Waller. Uh, he's just a fast, speedy, great hands tight end, and I think he will have a great game uh, tonight against the Ravens. So that's one thing I want to see. I want to see if his defense has improved at all, especially with the injuries that have happened to Baltimore. And on the Baltimore side, I want to see, you know, with the addition of Sammy Watkins, uh, now with Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, and Rashad Bateman probably won't play tonight, but still I want to see if Lamar Jackson has taken the next step to be an elite uh, pocket passer. He's a good pocket passer, but he just is not elite. And that's one thing I want to see from Lamar tonight. And it's also nice because Lamar is dealing with a contract extension that he's negotiating as well. He's putting the team first. He's focusing on the game at hand tonight. And, you know, I just have a feeling 
that they are going to get the win tonight. I'm picking Baltimore to win this game. Again, I think it'll be close. Baltimore is a four-point favorite right now. You know, I think that's just about right. Maybe Baltimore uh, covers it just by a bit. But no, I think this will be a tremendous game on display with the crowd noise. I think that'll be a large factor. And to me, that was a large factor in a lot of games uh, I saw in college football and in the NFL this past weekend is that with the fans back, it is a totally different atmosphere than it was last year. That noise really uh, gets to the quarterback, you know, affects players as well. A few I will talk about, uh, a couple miscues I saw, but, you know, more false starts, delay of games because of that crowd noise, which is huge. Now, the Ravens uh, are good against the Raiders last time. They crushed them 34-17 to in their past meeting. But, uh, again, as I said, you know, this is a different team. Baltimore reworked some players on defense as well. So I think this will be a great matchup. It could have upset potential because there was a lot of things I wasn't expecting this weekend that I saw. But I like Baltimore to win this game tonight. I'm not 100% confident in them. But I think they will do just fine tonight. Now I'm going to react to yesterday's games. And starting with a Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh upset the Buffalo Bills 23 to 6-10. The Bills were leading 10-0 at halftime uh, before 23 points uh, were scored in the second half by Pittsburgh to the just 6 by Buffalo. Overreaction. Buffalo Bills in this offense was too hyped up before this season. Josh Allen is MVP. Is that an overreaction? Yes, it is. I overreacted on the Buffalo Bills. I was very high on them. You know, thought they would probably be there to challenge the Chiefs again in the AFC Championship game due to the potency of this offense. And to me, it just wasn't there. I thought Buffalo was really going to win this game. And to me, they had control in the first half. But to me, Josh Allen looked rather pedestrian. Only, you know, 270 yards. Took a few sacks. By the way, this Pittsburgh defense is legit quarterback rating of only 40 and a passer rating of 49. He was not special at all. Huge special teams played by this defense uh, in Pittsburgh to block the punt and return it for a touchdown. You know, Najee Harris, you know, was just all right. Had one nice carry on the day. But Ben Roethlisberger looked efficient. You know, wasn't brilliant, but just looked efficient. Chase Claypool had a great catch as well. So did Deontay Johnson. Uh, And maybe I slept on the Steelers. I thought they would uh, make it in the playoffs, but in upset week one, it Bills Mafia in the stadium did not think what happened, especially uh, because Buffalo ran about. Uh, 25 more plays than the Steelers. 
They had more first downs as well. They were better on third down. Uh, more passing yards, more rushing yards. Uh, and I just thought Buffalo had this game. It was, you know, that killer turnover that really hurt them. Uh, they dominated the time of possession. But the turnover and the penalties, eight penalties for 81 yards, you have to be more disciplined than that. Uh, this defense, you know, has to get better. I thought they'd be a little improved. They don't look that much improved. Uh, but this was a great win for Pittsburgh. I'm probably overreacting, but I think this could spell trouble for the Buffalo Bills because Pittsburgh's a formidable playoff team. Uh, you know, with the weapons they have, and especially on defense with TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Buffalo doesn't have an easy schedule. They play the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, uh, the football team, the Titans, the Colts, you know, the Saints, uh, playoff teams from last year. They even have a game against the Dolphins as well because they're in their division twice. So things don't get much easier for the Bills. Uh, I don't think Josh Allen will now win the MVP. I never thought he would win the MVP, but for those who thought that he would, don't see that. Uh, and, you know, with how, you know, the Dolphins and Patriots looked yesterday in a tight game, uh, maybe the Bills don't run away with the division either. Again, might be an overreaction. Week one can happen to anything, but this, to me, was very surprising. Then the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers. To me, this wasn't surprising. A score of 19-14 to 14, uh, doesn't surprise me. A ton of field goals uh, on the Panthers' uh, side as well. Some missed point-after tries, you know. Two-point conversion made for the Jets, not, you know, I thought this was a perfect game uh, for the Jets to kind of take an emotional win for their new head coach, rookie quarterback. I thought Zach Wilson played great as well. Sam Darnold played a little better, was more composed the full game. I think Zach Wilson was just a little amped up being his first NFL game. But Christian McCaffrey was the difference maker. He had 21 rushes for 98 yards, and then... He led the, uh, his team in receiving as well, nine receptions for 89 yards. So this looks like the health in Christian McCaffrey that we saw two years ago and even in three games uh, last year where he is the difference maker, arguably the best receiving back in the league when healthy. Again, Christian McCaffrey was a difference maker. but Jets couldn't stop him. They didn't have a guy uh, to stop him as well. Zach Wilson looked good with Corey Davis, but, you know, in two teams that really, to me, don't have playoff aspirations at all. This game was a little sloppy on both ends. didn't look too efficient on, you know, the major third downs as well. But I will give my hats to Carolina because they did look better, especially with Christian McCaffrey. He is the difference maker for this team. Jacksonville and the Houston Texans is next on my list of things that shocked me why I thought Jacksonville would win. You know, I thought Trevor Lawrence would have problems early, this team would, but I thought Houston Texans, to me, just no Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't see him getting it done with Tyrod Taylor and this team, but was I wrong. I could not believe what I watched when Houston led at one point 34 
to seven. Couldn't believe it. Was in shock. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked terrible. Three interceptions on the day. Quarterback rating of 14. Pass rating of 70. He was not good. This running game was not good. Carlos Hyde got majority of the carries and time over James Robinson. James Robinson had a great year last year. Carlos Hyde uh, is an Ohio State alum that was with uh, Urban Meyer. So that could play into that as well. But Urban Meyer did not look ready in this game. This team didn't look ready at all. And to me, I was surprised that Tyrod Taylor actually looked pretty good. 21 of 33, 291 yards as well. Two touchdowns. Had a clean game. This team looked good as well. Uh, much better than I thought they would dominate the time of possession. But again, the penalties killed Jacksonville. The turnovers uh, killed Jacksonville in this defense as well. Not good. They can't pass protect Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they can't run the football as well. Houston dominated the run. Outgained them by almost 100 yards just rushing the ball. As well, they got into the red zone six times, converted on four, whereas Jacksonville was only in the red zone once. Uh, very poor display by Jacksonville. Then there were reports of how heated that Urban Meyer gets and kind of being unhinged. There were reports of that. Who knows? This season could go spiraling out of control for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought they'd finish third in their division, maybe challenge for second. But it looks like they could be back on the bottom. And who knows what could happen uh, to this team. But again, is Houston better than Jacksonville? That could be my overreaction because it surely looks like it. And Jacksonville has a long way to go. Trevor Lawrence has a long way to go. Urban Meyer has a long way to go. Another game that surprised me from another team... In the NFC South, this game was between the Arizona Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans. I thought, you know, this would be an offensive game, but Tennessee and its weapons, it would just be too much. Uh, but Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones and A.J. Brown weren't even the leading receivers on the Tennessee Titans. It was uh, Rodgers. Uh, Chester Rogers, four receptions, 62 yards. He was the leading receiver for this team. Ryan Tannehill got rattled, was sacked six times, five times by Chandler Jones. The most, I believe, in a season opener. On pace for 85 sacks if he keeps it up uh, this at this rate. But Ryan Tannehill was flat out terrible. He looked rushed. Uh, he didn't look like he was in sync with either of his receivers uh, as well. Especially because to me, Arizona doesn't have the best secondary. Ryan Tannehill lost a couple fumbles because of those rushes by Chandler Jones. And the Arizona Cardinals did a great job at containing Derrick Henry. Uh, they didn't eliminate him. He still got 58 yards, had a long run of 19. Uh, but this is not the Derrick Henry that I'm used to seeing that the Titans are used to seeing the Cardinals did a great job containing him. J.J. Watt looked great. Chandler Jones looked great on defense. Isaiah Simmons as well. They have playmakers on defense. 
And then I have to give my hat off to the offense because Chandler Jones got five sacks on defense. Kyler Murray accounted for five touchdowns on offense. I said this has to be a big year for Kyler. He has to take a leap. And in this game, it looked like he took a leap. I mean, he's going to need a new contract soon if he plays like this. Very deserving. Chandler Jones wants a new contract. They both made it clear yesterday that this is the team. Uh, and Kyler Murray has weapons around him. James Conner and Chase Edmonds don't look like the best dynamic duo in the backfield. you know. But they make a formidable, a decent one. DeAndre Hopkins, brilliant yesterday again. 83 yards, two touchdowns. Christian Kirk as well, 70 yards, two touchdowns. He found a way to get the ball to Rondale Moore. So this team looks just fine. Blew the Titans out of water, 38-13. Uh, to 13. Almost doubled them in yards. In uh, passing yards, were up 120. And then in rushing, uh, they were up by 50. Dominated the time of possession uh, as well. And so... Again, Arizona had a perfect game plan in containing Derrick Henry. Uh, but this is something that I'm, I might overreact to as well is, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, last season, the first half of it looked like the MVP. It looked like him and Russell Wilson were duking it out uh, for MVP. Uh, so Kyler Murray starts the season great. He does that. I want to see if he can keep this up. Again, this is just the first week. I'm going to overreact to everything. But he looks legitimate like he could be again in the MVP conversation to start the season. Derrick Henry is not where he left off. This offensive line didn't look as good as it did in the past. This defense, who I thought made some upgrades, uh, consistent upgrades to be on that defense. This defense looked lost. Mike Vrabel. Tennessee coach didn't look like he knew how to coach. I mean, this team was out of sync. They didn't look ready to play at all. Very disappointed in the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they did not show up. And then got their butts handed to them uh, as well. Lost 38-13, to 25-point loss. Uh, that is not acceptable. Tennessee has a lot to fix. Thankfully, they're in an easier division. Uh but Ryan Tannehill has to fix some things out. I said yesterday, this looks like the Ryan Tannehill of Miami where he has no confidence. And yesterday it didn't look like that. This team's got to get that fixed immediately. Then the LA Chargers in Washington. I thought this would be a tightly contested game. And it was. This is what I expected. Chargers to win this game, Justin Herbert to look really good, and he did pass for over 300 yards with a touchdown. Keenan Allen looked great. Austin Eckler looked all right as well, and this Chargers offense was just too good. The Washington defense was good, especially uh, to start out had you know 16 to 13 lead before Justin Herbert led another great job. Uh, but to me, Taylor Heineke is a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is now out uh, with a hip injury. He'll be out for a few weeks. But Taylor Heineke had a great wild card game against the Bucks in this past postseason. And he looked just fine with this team today. It was a little bit more mobile as well. 
keeps the defense more honest. And I think that's what Washington needs if they're going to compete in this division. It has to be with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. But this was a great win for the Los Angeles uh, Chargers and for Justin Herbert, who I think is going to have a sensational year. Then the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. I thought this was going to be the worst game, uh, maybe tightly contested. That's not what I got at all. I got a Philadelphia smackdown. Philadelphia won by 26 points, uh, 32-6. to The Falcons didn't even get a touchdown. And I'm going to say right now, they need a running back. Uh, they do. Matt Ryan is not the guy at shown. They have weapons. They have Calvin Ridley. They have Kyle Pitts. It showed that they missed Julio Jones because that's Matt Ryan's guy. But they don't have a running back. When Cordero Patterson is your lead running back and he's not even a true running back, that said, Mike Davis uh, did it going as well. He had a great year last year. Uh, Backup for uh, Christian McCaffrey with the Panthers. But they did not get it going. Jalen Hurts. Looked great. This was kind of reminiscent of that first game he played last season against when he came in and then he played the uh, Saints and then he tailed off the last three games. But this was a great game from Jalen Hurts. 27-35, 264 yards. Was really good as well. 126 pass rating. Quarterback rating of 73. Uh, He was fantastic. Uh, Devontae Smith. It seems like there's an instant connection there. Uh, six receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown as well. Uh, they looked like they were in sync. Uh, Sanders, as a running back, looked decent. This defense looked good, even though, to me, it looked like there were more issues on Atlanta. And I thought Philadelphia would be the last team in this division because I really didn't have faith in Jalen Hurts. My overreaction, Philadelphia can contend for this division, if they keep on playing like this, they definitely will contend if Jalen Hurts can keep playing like that consistently. But that's the question. Can he do it? I don't know. I want to see it. I really do. I want to see Jalen Hurts do well. I think he has talent around him. They got him. His number one wide receiver and Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, who looked great. But, you know, their tight end system as well was Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Also, we're really good, and it looks like the Atlanta Falcons are toast for yet another season. Then you had the Seattle Seahawks and the Indianapolis Colts, and this is how I thought uh, this game would go. I thought Seattle would just do more offensively than Carson Wentz, and that was the case. But the thing that surprised me was this Seattle defense. Uh, I did not think... You know, they were going to be this good. They got after Carson Wentz, you know, three times. 28 sacks is a good offensive line in Indiana. And they were pressuring Carson Wentz all game long. And to me, this Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts defense didn't look as good as they were uh, last year. This is a defense that stopped the big plays. Uh, You know, I saw them get after Russell, you know, DeForest Buckner and Okokre. They were good. Uh, Darius Leonard, you know, didn't look like his usual self all over the field as well in the secondary. Got burned by big plays by Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Uh, Two huge plays, uh, 60 
nine-yard pass and a 23-yard pass. Uh, that's something the Colts defense has to work on. And again, Carson Wentz does not look like the man. But Seattle played a great game because they outgained them, even though uh, Indianapolis Colts had around 10 more minutes in time of possession. But this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Uh, in Seattle, played a great game in beating the Colts, who offensively are just not that efficient. But I will give credit to standout Jonathan Taylor, who is now you know their key star running back, but also led this team in receiving. This was another fear I had for the Colts, as they don't have a true number one receiver. I've been saying that all offseason long. That's, that's what Carson Wentz needs, just one guy, and it can't be your running back. They have to find a legit wide receiver number one. Minnesota and Cincinnati, I thought this would be a close game, to, but Vikings would eke out a win. I was right, it was a close game, but instead Cincinnati eked out the win in overtime. This Vikings team is terrible. Again, I've been going off all off season, all season on con artist Kirk Cousins. Was not good yesterday. Don't let the 351 yards throwing uh, lie to you. He was indecisive. Uh, three sacks, a quarterback rating of 46 as well. Didn't target Justin Jefferson a ton. It looks like him and Adam Thielen are that true connection. Dalvin Cook didn't look good, but it's the decision-making of Kirk Cousins that's not good. The clutchness that he just does not possess. He is not a clutch quarterback. And Dalvin Cook, great game, but also he made the biggest play of the game, and that was a fumble that essentially lost them the game in overtime when they were driving down the field, and they lost. And another thing, 12 penalties for 116 yards. It's very hard to win a game when you give up that many yards in penalties. 116, they got to be more disciplined. Mike Zimmer has to coach his team because defensively, look just like they were last year. Not good. Offensively, inefficient. I'll blame most of that on Kirk Cousins because uh, he's not deserving of any money that he makes. But Mike Zimmer has to do a better job of at least setting Kirk Cousins up for success. And this defense as well, or Mike Zimmer, could be on the hot seat. But it was nice to see the connection from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who said they should draft an offensive lineman. They shouldn't draft him. Yes, Joe Burrow was pressured a ton, took five sacks. But you just see the instant connection those two close friends have, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Uh, they just look like that LSU connection has followed them over to Cincinnati. And I think that's more special. You can always draft offensive linemen, but you can't draft a good friend and great wide receiver in Jamar Chase like that all the time. And even over offensive line of suspect, they do a decent job opening up holes and creating uh, runs for Joe Mixon, who had 127 yards. So maybe the Cincinnati Bengals will be a threat more in their division in the AFC North than Minnesota will be in the NFC North. Then a game that was going the way I actually thought it was until the very end, which was the San Francisco 49ers 
and the Detroit Lions. The San Francisco 49ers won 41 to 33, but at halftime they were up 31 to 10, and at one point in the third quarter they were up 38 to 10, up by 28 points, and then uh at one point in the fourth quarter as well they were up 41 to 17 up by 24 points and at that point it's you're saying it's game over it's 41-17 and the wheels kind of come off there at the end is a score touchdown as well fumble from a 49er sets up uh you know it, for Detroit to possibly come back and tie this game but they can't they lose 41 to 33 this defense, I thought for the 49ers, you know, played a great game. Had a pick six uh, early in the game uh, as well. Uh, but they had three total turnovers themselves. Three fumbles lost. That's unacceptable. They have to work on their uh, penalties and getting that done. 79 yards, their turnovers, that killed them. But Trey Lance, you know, had a... First pass, first completion, was a touchdown. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, i like to see a little more out of him because Trey Lance is coming. Debo Samuel had a heck of a game as well. 189 yards, a touchdown as well. George Kittle was efficient. But two big injuries for both these teams from this game. Uh, the 49ers uh, lost cornerback Justin Verrett due to a torn ACL, which hurts this team because he's a veteran cornerback presence. That hurts their secondary. And then the Detroit Lions, Jeff Okuda was not having a good day at all. And it really, you know, didn't go well uh, when he ruptured his Achilles, Achilles, uh, which is now makes him out for the season. So two big losses. The 49ers loss hurts more because they're expected to contend for the division. uh, Whereas the Detroit Lions are the bottom feeders of the NFL. Now moving to another big game. That was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns. I thought this would be a close game, and it was sensational. 33-29 win for Kansas City. Cleveland had the perfect game plan to go into Arrowhead and win this game. Uh, They did. They were up 22-10 at halftime. Their first drive took eight minutes. Uh, Nick Chubb. Kind of carried that drive. Kareem Hunt got a two-point conversion, 8-0, and punched him in the mouth. Then they were up 15-3, to 15-10, uh, uh, and then 22-10 going into half. They looked poised to go into Kansas City, pull off the upset, and win their first season opener for the first time in like 20 years. But would that be the case? Third quarter, the Chiefs held... The Browns scoreless. Two scores from Kansas City makes it 22-20. to Then the Browns answer right after that. Scored touchdown. It's 29-20. to And you think, 10 minutes left, what's going to happen You know, with the way that Kansas City could not stop this running game at all and really stop Baker Mayfield? Then the wheels kind of come off. Next play, 75-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. Brilliant throw on the run to Tyreek Hill. Makes a defender miss. And at that point, 
it's game over. Then right after that, force a three and out from the Browns, and the crowd noise gets to the kicker, the punter for Cleveland, muffs a punt, so Kansas City has the ball to Cleveland 15, which they then score right there and take the lead 33-29. to Then after that, interception by Baker Mayfield at the 50-yard line. In what other words, this was fantastic. But what killed the Browns was the turnovers. The interception, uh, the muffed punt, and then Nick Chubb also had a fumble. Those turnovers were very, very costly. So that's what cost Cleveland the game were those turnovers. Uh, But... Baker Mayfield looked great, looked like a team that could contend to Kansas City, had the perfect game plan to execute it, uh, but I think the turnovers made by Cleveland prior to the Baker interception, yes, that one sealed the deal, but the punter one is out of Baker's control because people talk about Baker not being the one to make plays. Well, he made plays 21 of 28, 321 yards, I didn't throw for a touchdown, but put them in position to score a touchdown. Uh, passes to Schwartz early in the game, uh, Jarvis Landry later in the game, and he led them, uh, you know, to and should have been a victory. But he can't control Nick Chubb holding on to the ball, which then Kansas City scores on the ensuing drive, and then the punter as well, and then they score on the ensuing drive. But then Baker's sealed it, so. Again, you just can't turn the ball over like that. Arrowhead, Patrick Mahomes, sensational, 27-36, 337 yards, three touchdowns as well. This offense looks just fine. Looks like it can just be carried uh, by Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, I don't think much else will get involved in this game. Maybe the running back a little bit, maybe Hardman. Uh, but Demarcus Robinson, Brian Pringle, those guys won't see a lot of action from Patrick Mahomes. And another thing this team has to work on uh, is defense. The Kansas City defense did not look good. The Browns had their way running the ball. 153 rushing yards converted 4 for 4 in the red zone as well. And even passing, uh, Baker throwing for over 300 yards on this defense Uh Kansas City has to do a better job defensively. They let in over 450 yards. Uh, Browns had more first downs than them. Uh, third, fourth down efficiency. They were three for four. They converted on their tries. That were huge. And, you know, Chris Jones came up with some big plays. No Tyran Matthew. Honey Badger didn't play, which I think also uh, hurt this defense. But again, I thought this defense was going to be better with the addition of Jaron Reed, Chris Jones playing off the edge. It did make a difference because he did pressure him, but this defense has weaknesses. They need to get it fixed as well. And even this offensive line revamp for Kansas City looked better, but didn't look as advertised, just a little better. But then again, they were able to hold their own against you know a four-man rush of Clowney and Miles Garrett at times, much better than the offensive line against the Bucks last season. 
But again, Cleveland has to pressure with four, and Kansas City has loads of defensive work to do. But this was a huge one for Kansas City, and this looks like a preview of the AFC Championship game because both teams, all players, uh, played great, played their hearts out. The fans were rocking at Arrowhead Stadium as well. Miami and Cleveland, I mean Miami and New England. New England won, solid game from Mac Jones from Tua, the former rivals, but the costly fumble there at the end preserved the Miami victory uh, as well. But Tua looked great, Mac Jones looked great, and to me, they can contend with Josh Allen in this division. Denver and New York Giants. I thought the New York Giants would win. I thought the Broncos had a great defense, top five. And it looks like they do, which is great. Uh, but this Giants offense doesn't look good. Saquon Barkley didn't look fully healthy and functioning. Uh, Daniel Jones is not the man. Key fumbles in this game, turning the ball over. It's not what you want. Daniel Jones, I expected a big year in year three, like Josh Allen last year, like I saw Kyler Murray already in his first game. Daniel Jones uh, laid an egg, a lot of eggs, and he's done. Uh, No faith in the Giants, no faith in uh, Daniel Jones. I see them being last in the the NFC East. Didn't like what I saw at all. Green Bay in New Orleans. Pitiful, Pitiful performance. By Green Bay and by Aaron Rodgers. The worst performance of his career. They lost 38-3. New Orleans beat them 38-3. Much like they beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers 38-3 last year. But this one, to me, had a different feel because there was no Drew Brees. Jameis Winston had a great game. Five touchdowns. Was efficient. Alvin Kamara looked great as well. Uh, But really, it fell on the Packers. Aaron Rodgers was out of sync. Quarterback rating of 13. Passer rating of 36. That's terrible. That's not what we see from Aaron Rodgers. Two interceptions. One in the red zone. That's not what we see from Aaron Rodgers. It didn't look like he cared at all. Uh, I think some of that ill effect of this offseason is still weighing on his mind, on the Packers' mind. This running game didn't look good either. Why is... Uh, Kylan Hill getting the same amount of carries as Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon uh, as well. I mean, come on. I just don't didn't like this rushing game. Didn't like the preparation at all. They didn't look prepared. Jordan Love came in, fumbled the ball. Obviously, he doesn't look ready. This team didn't look ready. I'll blame that on Matt LaFleur uh, for the whole team not looking ready. This defense, uh, Jair Alexander, didn't look like the Jair Alexander, you know, that I see. And but the offense all mainly fault that on Aaron Rodgers because he looked out of sync as well. Didn't look as poised as we see him. When's the last time Aaron Rodgers uh, didn't throw a touchdown in the game? I feel like it's been a long time. Don't have that stat on hand. But now that I've said that, I want to find out. But again, not a great game by Green Bay. This is one I won't say is an overreaction because I think with this division, how weak it is, they all lost. The whole NFC North lost this weekend. I think Green Bay will be just fine. Aaron Rodgers says there's 16 games to go. Still think they'll be the best team in this division or in a playoff spot in a top three seed. 
really do see that from Green Bay, even though this game was very concerning. It's not much an overreaction. And I guess it's not an overreaction. I'm not in love with New Orleans. Yes, they walloped on Green Bay, but I want to see them do that consistently. Where they play, the Buccaneers, the football team, the Seahawks, the Titans, I want to see them do that consistently. Then you had the Sunday night game. Los Angeles Rams and the Chicago Bears. Matthew Stafford in his debut looked like the best quarterback of the weekend. Almost a perfect passer rating. He had it at 156. Highest QBR at 89.9. Three touchdowns, 20 of 26, 321 yards. The Sean McVay partnership with Matthew Stafford is off on the right foot after an explosive 67-yard touchdown pass to Van Jefferson, which was great. His connection with Cooper Cup, which was talked about a lot on Sunday Night Football last night, how they get there early uh, to prepare and look at plays. His offense was really good. Daryl Henderson as well kind of got the running game going. Uh, And then this defense also looked good. Jalen Ramsey was all over the field. Aaron Donald was dominating this offensive line. The Rams were... Great. They were as advertised. I liked what I saw. They were dynamic. Matthew Stafford looked like he was having fun. Sean McDavis' whole team looked like they were having fun. All hyped up for Matthew Stafford. Great win for the Rams to start off. And for the Bears, didn't think Andy Dalton had that bad of a game. Yes, 206 yards is you know not great, but he is playing the Rams' stout defense. Was sacked a few times. Had an interception, you know, that was tipped, but I don't think that was a great throw. Anyways, David Montgomery, the bell cow back, 108 yards. But I think after what I saw from Andy Dalton, even though it wasn't a bad performance, wasn't a good or great performance. It was just okay. I think Justin Fields gives him a better shot uh, to win uh, moving forward. And, you know, next week they play the Bengals. I'd like to see the young QB out there gunslinging. Uh, Justin Fields, I think that should be the right move uh, for now. That's my reaction to week one. What about the college picks? What happened in college football this past weekend? I was right about Coastal Carolina winning. They look good. Ohio State thought they would win. They were upset by Oregon, 35-28. to C.J. Stroud, to me, looked great, even though that last interception at the end He threw for almost 500 yards. This offense looked good. This defense looks bad. This doesn't look like an Ohio State defense. Oregon shredded them in the first half. We're up 35-21. They won 35-28. Great win by Oregon. Put the Pac-12 back on the map along with UCLA's win last week. Huge loss to Ohio State, which complicates their run to the playoff. Now looks like they have to win out. May need some help additionally, but that is what they need to do. Great win by Oregon to start off. I was right about Pittsburgh winning game day. I picked Iowa to beat Iowa State. I was right about that one as well. Iowa's defense looks good. They do. Their offense didn't give me much confidence, but the defense forcing the turnovers... Iowa State really didn't look good as well offensively or defensively. Iowa Hawkeyes got it done. Then the other one I liked as well, uh, Michigan 
they were really good, dominated because of their rushing attack, only had 15 passing attempts due to 56 rushing attempts. Blake Corum, Hassan Haskins, dominated the attack. Washington could not stop this run play. Uh, really opened up after the fake punt that Jim Harbaugh went for. They got it on fourth down. And then right after that, Blake Corum rushing touchdown. And that opened up the game for them. Took a 17-3 lead at halftime. Then led 24-3 and then won 31-10. Great win by the Michigan Wolverines. And then now you have the AP top five. And big mover is both Oregon and Iowa. Oregon moved up eight spots to number four. I think they're deservedly so to be there. Passing Clemson, uh, Texas A&M, who had a very shaky uh, win against uh, Colorado, lost their quarterback, thought Texas A&M would win, but that was very close. Oregon deserving of passing those teams because they looked really good and beat a solid Ohio State team. And then Iowa, the only team so far to beat two ranked schools. Last week, Indiana. This week, Iowa State. Their defense looks good. Again, very deserving to be in the top five. Again, a lot will change, but I like what I'm seeing from Iowa. They look like a threat in the Big Ten. And again, that matchup with Wisconsin should be marked down. And again, even their one with Penn State as well. Ohio State dropped six spots. I was fine with that. Notre Dame just escaped Toledo. Luck of the Irish again. Seems like every year... They eke out win after win after win. None of them are really that convincing. That one wasn't so either. More big moves. Arkansas went from not ranked uh, to number 20. Beat Texas. Again, I thought Texas would win. I didn't think Texas was back. I said, I'm not going to say Texas is back like so many did. This was why. Arkansas beat down Texas. I think they beat them by 20 uh, plus points. Arkansas, again, not the class of the SEC. Uh, and somehow Texas, Steve Sarkeesian, a, got a team that he's familiar playing against. And they just could not get it done. I'm just surprised every year. I don't know at this point if it's a coaching thing or if it's just some Texas curse now. Whereas they bring in solid coaches but and they have a great first win. And then they just lay an egg the second week and then the non-conference schedule it doesn't look good. They make a string of wins in the uh, Big 12. But when it comes to teams like Oklahoma, they just can't do it. Oklahoma is the only team left for the Big 12. Auburn moves spots up uh, as well. BYU as well. Big win over Utah. First time they beat them since 09. 09. But they did it. Deserved to move up. And then Michigan is now sitting at 25 after a great rushing attack. I was 6-4 and four this week. More upsets than I thought, but that is the beauty of college football. The chaos has started two weeks. I will break down more college football and upcoming podcasts as we enter into week three, uh, actually Thursday night. And then... The Subway Series. Yankees-Mets. This past weekend, Mets won the series. Took two out of three. Great games. Uh, Comeback by the Yankees Saturday. 
uh, as well. Yankees tried to come back and win yesterday. They were close on what was a raucous game in the Queens. Francisco Lindor looked like the Lindor that I'm used to seeing with three home runs yesterday, including the game-winning home run in the eighth inning. And this was great uh, because it just had it all. Uh, Aaron Judge went out uh, early in the game uh, due to dizziness not feeling good. Stanton had a big night. Uh, Glaber Torres, even though he had a huge home run in this game to cut the lead to one at one point, uh, defensively at shortstop, he is not good, uh, which is why the Yankees are moving him from shortstop uh, to second base. Uh, he has been second base most of his career at the Yankees, except for most of last year and this year because of Didi, um, who was your shortstop now being gone. And it's a better move. Too many errors at shortstop. Doesn't look comfortable there. Very good for him. Uh, but then Lindor hit another home run after Torres to make it 6-4. Ben Stanton with a huge home run to make it 6-6. And this was great because Stanton stopped to talk to Lindor uh, as well. The bench is cleared for a few minutes. They were talking trash to each other. The fans were getting into it because of Lindor uh, taking offense due to some whistling uh, by Wandy. Uh, you know, Lindor mocked him. Torres on a home run that he hit. Stanton did the same thing to Lindor uh, to, when they made it 6-6. Benches cleared. Great atmosphere after that. Nothing physical happened. Just a lot of taunting on both sides. But then Lindor again hit the game-winning home run 7-6. And then Stanton popped up to end the game. But this was a great game. Again, the one thing from the Yankees that are killing them is for pitching. Clark Schmidt, who we called up, didn't look like the man. Andrew Heaney is not good. Uh, Wandy, I think, has been overused at this point. And Chad Green's competence is at an all-time low. So this Yankees team, uh, again, uh, has a lot to work out. They needed a win yesterday, uh, and that did not happen. But tonight you have two big games in the MLB out of, you know, the multiple that you have. The first is the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto is the first wild card spot and Tampa Bay owns the division. This is to me a good measuring stick for Toronto to see where they are at in terms of the class of the AL, which is the Tampa Bay Rays. Then you have the Padres and the Giants. Padres just dropped all straight to the Dodgers. Cole, I mean, my bad. Max Scherzer had a perfect game through seven innings yesterday. He looked fantastic. Uh, this team has had no issues with the Padres as of late. It will be interesting to see if the Giants face any issues with them or if it is all in the same. But I'm very worried about the Padres' inability to beat good teams at this point, and then uh, we'll see if the Giants can continue their hold on first place in a crowded AL West where they're two and a half games ahead of the Giants. So that's it, everybody. That's Get Your Goat. A lot to glean from Week 1 in the NFL, but we'll see if those trends continue. Week 2, Baltimore, Oakland tonight. Or, my bad, Baltimore, Las Vegas Tonight, 
Who you got? I'm going with the Ravens. Talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.